What's up, everybody out there? This is a very special edition, uh, number one uh, in your hearts. Uh, we, we started our book club this week. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> we were just thinking of names. My head's all boggled. Uh, but we thought of a name for our book club, and it is called Book Clicks. <laughs> welcome to so, Book Clicks. Yeah, welcome to Book Clicks. Uh, it's a little, little um, uh, wordplay going on there, so... Uh, uh, yeah, and this is our first week. Um, me and JD first read month. our first month. Sorry, yeah, and we're doing this monthly. So, God, my head is gone right now. Imagine if we're doing um, this weekly. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> yeah, I don't have that kind of time in my life. Um, but we read "I Am Legend" by Richard Matheson. Uh, this is a older book <laughs> written in 1954. Um, and yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think it's. Uh, it's still still worth a read. Very good. Uh, it's held up, I guess you could say. Yeah, and it's not very long, actually. I was surprised by the length of it. Um, yeah, it's only like 172 pages or so. I think I think mine was like I'm sure they like vary, but yeah, it's like less than 200 pages. So. Yeah, the uh, Wikipedia says 160 pages for the 1954 edition. I think on my Kindle it was. I don't even know how much it was on there because Kindle does that weird thing back before they had um page numbers they had location numbers yeah and so then they were slowly moving things to page numbers to be more uniform um so i think it's like a mixture of the two maybe i can't remember what i was seeing gotcha yeah the uh edition that i have was um it's like i don't know 350 pages because it's got like a ton of um short stories and crap in it okay um, yeah, because when, when we first uh, grabbed it, it's like, holy crap, this is going to be a fairly lengthy read because it's going to be yeah. like 360 <laughs> pages, and lo and behold, it's like 100 pages to, in some versions. <laughs> yeah, so Richard Matheson wrote like a crap load of short stories and stuff. Like, he might be better known for his short stories than he was his novels. Um, there was some pretty good novels, but I really enjoy his short stories and everything, so... If you guys get a chance or, or craving some more Richard Matheson out there, then um, yeah, read some of his uh, read some of his short stories because they're very good. Uh, but some other works that he's done, uh, notable works, uh, The Shrinking Man, uh, which I read is still really good. I don't know if it holds up as well as uh, I'm Legend, but it's good. Uh, Hell House, I have not read, and um, What Dreams May Come, which is one of my mom's favorite movies. Uh, is kind of weird i don't know if it's at all like the book or anything but a little fun fun side note um so is this the only thing by richard matheson that you've read judy yeah yeah i haven't read any of those other ones i've heard of a few of them uh but i haven't yeah i haven't been able to or gotten around to reading anything else by him oh stir of echoes too that's one that i'll have to read because i really like that kevin bacon movie <laughs> Uh, but all right, we're gonna jump. Uh, we're gonna jump right into it. Um, so, uh, where to start? Uh, we're just we're just gonna start with the narrative. I guess we can say what we both thought of it. Like so far, just a, like a general, like just really quick synopsis. I guess of our thoughts on the book. So, what did you think, uh, JD? Overall, uh, very different than the movie, and um, yes. not in a bad way either. Like they're both two of their own things almost now um with the differences that the movie brought on um 
I liked uh, that the ending. Jumping straight into the ending now. <laughs> so spoilers if you haven't read it, but as you do, uh, if you didn't read it, what are you doing here? Yeah, yeah right. But yeah, <laughs> come the, back when you read it. The ending of it um, isn't something hopeful or anything. It's just it's there. Yeah, no. It's, he he uh, gets taken by a new regime, basically, of these living vampires. And... Yeah, it's basically like he's the last man on earth. Yeah, and like, what does that what does that mean if you're the last man on earth and like all of Earth has been um, taken over, I guess, or like transformed into this new like species? Like, what are you? <laughs> like, you're like the monster at that point, and they do a good job of like pointing that out at the end and everything yeah so the whole like he had he had obvious chances to do things differently and um how it ends is just kind of like a a whimper instead of a big bang you know yeah like the world the world ends with a whimper yeah. not a bang kind of thing um but i wrote in this doc it's a study into the atrocity that is man <laughs> and i think that kind of like sums it up a little well like decently um, because, like, a lot of what he does makes absolutely no freaking sense at all. But I guess that's kind of, like, hu humans, like, in a way. Like, a lot of what we do makes absolutely no sense and, like, doesn't even, like, matter because he's the last man on Earth, so he can do, like, whatever the hell he wants. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you said uh, about the ending, uh, we're both jumping right to the ending. <laughs> uh, but when I first read this, it was before the movie and everything, I think it was like a junior or senior in high school. Um, and so I didn't have that reference. So like, I think it was, I think I preferred it that way because I didn't have something like to compare it to at that time. Um, but it was the first thing that I like read or like watched or something like that. Cause I was still like just a dumb kid at that time, <laughs> but like where I didn't like the ending, but I still like loved, like I liked the way it ended, even though it was a bad ending, like not bad in the like, critical sense but like not good for the main character right like i could i could respect like an artist like ending something that way like game and... of thrones the first book yeah exactly so like i don't know that was kind of a weird experience for me it's like oh this is horrible but like i guess that's kind of what like it's, life is it's <laughs> stuck with you for a reason yeah exactly it resonated and i was like oh damn okay um but yeah so that kind of uh was a little awakening for me <laughs> um all right uh so yeah i i very much enjoy this book um so this is how many times did you read it. this book ren how many times have i read this book yeah um this was probably my fourth time to read it and um it has been a while since i've read it this time it was probably like a couple of years um but i've had like the same copy since i was in high school <laughs> so oh, cool so this is my first time uh, reading so um i obviously read it after the movie and was uh imagining things in uh, a comparison yeah i don't know if i liked it more like reading it this time or less like it's hard to compare like back then but i definitely like had different feelings for it than i read it like then i don't know because I was kind of like cheering like for Robert Neville uh, way back then when I read it. Um, and I felt this time I was kind of like, wow, like this guy, like he has issues. Like this is not just like a good character. And like, 
I can yeah, respect that. Major, major flaws. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, I think I can respect that more. Like as I'm older now, it's like okay. I mean, it doesn't have to be like this perfect like hero like character to like save the day and do all that stuff. Um, like you can have a main uh, protagonist who's kind of like a dirtbag. Yeah. And um. Uh, yeah, because he's definitely like not a great person. <laughs> Um, but all right, we'll, we can get into uh, that question that you got here. Yeah. Okay. So let me jump into narrative a little bit about this. So, does mortality even matter when you're the last man on like, good or bad? Like, does that what sense of like mortality even matters when like there's no rules or like uh, society to like judge you or like tell you what to do? Um. Yeah, I think that's a very hard question to answer, <laughs> but this que- this uh, book kind of does a uh, does a good job of like looking into that and kind of like asking a question, even though even if it doesn't like provide a good answer or anything. So, uh, so what do you think, JD? I'll let you uh, take first jab at this one. I think um, for Robert, the um, morality question of doesn't matter or not is obvious that he he doesn't care um i think he yeah i'd like to say if i were in that type of position i would uh have a little bit more than him (laughs) at the very least yeah um just for the hopes of maintaining (laughs) uh some kind of normalcy normalcy or something like that i think maintaining humanity you know like um, yeah I mean, like, you're it. You're the beacon of humanity. Exactly. Even if that doesn't matter at this point, because by what Robert, like, all Robert knows is, like, he doesn't know if anyone is left alive. Like, he hopes, but in his mind, he's the last man, like, on Earth. Right. So, yeah, so like, what is that? Yeah, go ahead. It's, it's definitely that question of um, would, what would you do in that situation type of thing. Because little do you know, you're not the last person you're just a isolated island and yeah there's a whole group of humans that are yeah. continuing yeah yeah continuing society as we know it and if they happened upon you and the atrocities that you may or may not be doing like what they deem or what we would deem uh, atrocities would still i think hold up and yeah um and i feel like he fights with that a lot throughout the throughout the book like what he's doing and um like because there's a big part of the book where he's trying to find a cure even though like who's he gonna cure like i guess i think he like experiments on some of like the the wild vampires that are like at his door and everything yeah he's um uh, experimenting on the uh living vampires not the dead ones so trying to save yeah quote-unquote cure them or save them right so okay yeah that was part that was kind of confusing for me so there was there were the living vampires that were like the wild ones kind of and then the dead ones which were just like i think like zombies or i think so the back the bacteria the or the vampire bacteria um, yeah didn't completely kill like everyone that got the bacteria eventually dies to it i think 
but yeah. there was a lot of them that were not dead yet. They were just infected. They were turned. Okay. Yeah. So they they were turned, but they weren't infected or they weren't dead. But then there was the ones that did die, and it brought them yeah. back from death to continue on to service the bacteria. Gotcha. Okay. That's that's not explained very well. It's very nuanced, like in the story. Yeah. But, um... Uh, yeah, I mean, they definitely talk about the living, uh, creatures and, like, the dead ones, so. Um, but yeah, that's, that was one of my favorite parts of the book, when he was, like, trying to, like, find a cure to, like, all this stuff, and, like, doing all these kinds of experiments, and, like, he has all the time in the world, so he just, like, reads all of these books. It's like, what else are you gonna do with your time? I liked that, uh. second a little bit of technical difficulty um and I'm experiencing technical difficulties oh, I can hear you now. Yep. okay cool uh, what was the last thing you heard uh it was right before you started whatever tangent you were on <laughs> oh shit okay um what was i just saying it's all it's all free flow from my head, JD. I can't <laughs> re. Uh... Oh, okay. I was talking about um, all the time I think in the world this... to read books. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, that was one of my favorite parts of the parts of the uh, book when he was just like experimenting and like doing all the research and stuff to uh, to find a cure for the vampire disease. But um, and then <laughs> went into a tangent about. Uh, so I think this happens the beginning of this book happens about six months after the uh, like virus is spread and all that stuff. Is that right? Yeah, I believe that was the time frame that they were given because he, his wife, um, Virginia, got infected. So is his daughter. The uh, yeah, the dust storms were happening. Were just starting to happen, I think. And yeah, um, and he uh, was still going to work at that point. And then people started. Uh, when he had that flashback of the people grabbing him and like dragging him into the church, yeah, um, I think that was probably near the end of that six months. Uh, there's only a few flashbacks in the book, but one of my favorites was um, I think it's when he was leaving for work and like uh, his neighbor like comes out and says uh, like hi Courtman or whatever. <laughs> um, which is like, uh, you told me his name earlier. It's Ben Cortman, right? Yeah, Ben Cortman. Ben Cortman. Uh, so his neighbor that uh, is kind of tormenting him throughout the entire book, like every night um, at dusk or whatever, whenever the sun goes down, you can hear Ben Cortman like calling for Neville, like throughout like these wave of zombies that's like attacking his house. Yeah, every every page is basically Ben Cortman yelling out, "Robert Neville, Neville, yeah. come out here." Yeah, and that was that was super creepy for me. Like the first time I read this book, um, just I don't know, like these mindless like creatures are attacking. Right, they're not they're not actually mindless. They're not like zombies, um, but they're kind of like ravenous, I guess you could say. Uh, but yeah, I mean this one like intelligence, like menace out there, kind of trying to get you to come into your house. Um, yeah, I think we kind of strayed a little bit away from the question, <laughs> but <laughs> um, 
okay, so do I think that yeah, what do you uh, think morality of? even matters? Um, I think it should. <laughs> like, absolutely, it should. Um, that's kind of the easy answer, but I think you kind of have to make your own mortality. And I think he talks about that a little bit, too. But um, I think that, yeah, if, like, you have to, like, if I was in that situation, I would have to, like, believe that there's some kind of, like, either resistance or, like, other force out there. So, like, for me to keep carrying on. Because if it's just me and, like, this world of zombies, like, what does it even matter? Like, I'm going to live my life, and then once I go, it's just going to be, That's like, it. <laughs> them left. Yeah, like, there's going to be nothing um, but this, like, virus that is spread, like, all across the world. And um, towards the end of the book, you find out that, obviously, there is another faction, but it's not humans, per se. And it's not these, like, ravenous creatures. It's a... Um, evolved form i guess of the the virus that they have kind of got under control by taking so that's something that confused me a little bit um like he had that whole big revelation of uh the back that bacteria can evolve or yeah. bacteria can mutate like usually that would mean that it's getting stronger you know like it's yeah i, I feel like it would be and for stronger, it wouldn't keep them alive like like they found with a pill. Yeah, it's almost like it's like a really fast form of evolution or something like that, like a crazy fast form. Yeah. But um, it's like what I kind of took it as is the virus needs like a host to survive. So in a way, the virus is adapting itself to like i guess the biology of its host so it can like best survive um i don't know i kind of think of it as like the uh venom like symbiote suit or something right. like that I, I just feel like it i like how everything progressed except for like the instantaneous um there's this other faction that's got a somewhat cure um yeah and all of a sudden they're they're taking over the world of this society you know it's just like i feel like it could have been better set up than it was because it was so centered on neville and his quest for the cure then all of a sudden it's just like well it doesn't like i i, I understand that the point is that it doesn't matter what robert's doing but like i think that is kind of the point though too and i think that might be kind of what he's trying to like say what the writer uh richard matheson's kind of trying to say um but i i i agree with you that it did kind of seem like out of nowhere but i think in order to have like that twist at the end and everything like it kind of had to come like well, yeah definitely um, yeah. i just think it was it was a weird way because it's just like bacteria evolves and then it, how it evolved according to him was that it just kept them alive or they found a quote-unquote way to survive it or not like not die to it a cure for yeah it. and i think there's like maybe like a page or half a page where they like explain this drug that they take to like um combat the uh the disease or like kind of yeah, keep I, it I at bay it or like whatever two paragraphs and, yeah it might and have been even that and, yeah. <laughs> it's like oh okay well we just have to take it at face value since we had like freaking 
like a chapter basically of him like going through all of this technical stuff to try to figure out what the cure was but apparently you're just gonna write it away in like two paragraphs yeah so. yeah exactly and like he's been spending i think it was like three years up to that point or four years up to that point researching yeah i would have loved like just maybe a cut to like uh, them like the other faction or whatever um and then like maybe uh what's her name um ruth yeah like going back or whatever and like maybe just a cut to that and um kind of just seeing how that society like works a little bit or um like how they came up with the uh the cure and all that stuff because at the end of the book you're kind of you're kind of torn like you kind of don't want you don't want um robert to die or i didn't um but you also like understand that like his place in this world is like it's over <laughs> like yeah there's no place for him anymore um but yeah i do wish that they would have or that um matheson would have spent well, some more time explaining that what's in addition to that the ending he looks out the window and there's a ton of the living living dead vampires like already formed society type of thing yeah how does yeah. that happen you know <laughs> without him seeing anything like seeing any yeah, have, build up of i have no idea because he did go out during the day like he went out every day for the most part and um i don't know if they're just hiding from him in particular or and we don't really know like where they took him at the end we don't know if it was like far away or anything like that but it couldn't have been that far because or oh never mind ruth was sent to spy on him originally so but that also like didn't make much sense either because you would think she would want to be captured by him to spy on him better but the original like when he um like takes her in she's like not for it at all she's right. just like don't kill me don't kill me um but yeah i don't know that's uh yeah that's definitely some issues with this book that could have uh like and that, i think that's part of it only being 170 something pages too <laughs> yeah like it probably could have been a lot longer but um i feel like he still fit a crap load in those 170 pages but um a lot of it could have been elaborated on a lot more so um but all right yeah um in shorts yeah um i think it, it it should matter um mortality even if you're the last man on earth even if it is your own mortality which is like different than like because obviously like society's mortality i don't think is gonna matter at the end of the, the end of the world <laughs> like you kind of have to be your own judge and jury um so i guess that just depends on like what kind of as person long as you, you are a, <laughs> yeah complete trash person like robert <laughs> yes not me but definitely. <laughs> well um, damn it Jake. <laughs> uh but i mean we see this uh go back to it for a second we see this in like zombie movies apocalypse movies all the time but in those movies like they they know that they're not the last person on earth so like i feel like it should matter even more like in those senses like you know that there's society out there um but like they're just trying to survive like by any means necessary right um in this like neville's trying to survive um 
but he doesn't know that there's like anything else out there so i don't know it's a very interesting question and one that we uh we definitely don't have the answer for so if you guys have any thoughts then uh, uh let us know because that's a very very deep question um okay so we'll jump to uh what holds up in this book um so best um yeah it was written in 1954 so we have to take that into account for this for this question very much so um i think it's written very well Uh, might have lost you again uh, it's More technical issues. This... Person and third person. <laughs> All right. I think I'm back. Are you back? I'm back. Okay, cool. I didn't keep on ranting that time. So. <laughs> it sounded like you were. Like, everyone saw it was coming in. It's like third person <laughs> cuts out for a second. Um, okay, so the last thing that i was saying that i think that you heard a little bit of was um it does a good job of cutting between first person and third person um very well um i don't know if that's necessarily a hold up thing but just an interesting little tidbit yeah um what holds up though it's still like a pretty scary story and like it deals with issues that i feel like we're still like asking ourselves um especially in like today's kind of climate where um, there's a lot of uh, um, what's the right word? Uh, everybody seems to be on edge. So <laughs> and it's kind of like creating their own little bubble to like live in. Uh, so I think that those like ideas and stuff still really like uh, ruminate with all of us. Um, as far as what doesn't hold up, <laughs> um, in my opinion, um, it was written. This was written in the 1950s, so I guess like there's not technology or anything like that, obviously. Um, uh, but like I don't know. Um, I feel like <laughs> Robert Neville doesn't have a whole lot to do with his time uh, for being the last man on Earth with like a like anything possibly he wants to do even in um like the time frame that this book is set in uh, so he kind of just obsesses like a whole lot <laughs> um i don't know this is this is a difficult question too jd do you have any any insight on it on the holding up um yeah i, I definitely think the technology is doesn't hold up but um definitely the widespread fear and um, hysteria that would something like this would cause um, that yeah. is depicted in in the book is I feel how it would go down now um, today yeah. I think that's definitely something that would hold up because that's more of a um, ingrained thing instead of something that would change over time yeah um part of what doesn't hold up i'll I'll say um 
is just Robert Neville, like the character in general. <laughs> like if Robert Neville was like a man in world and today, like today's society, I feel like he would like get crapped on like so much about like his beliefs and like what he what he thinks about I don't know, he's kind of sexist in a whole lot of parts of this book. Um, which I think is probably just a uh, a facet of like when it was written. Um, so you need to take that into account. But I definitely understand why they made so many changes in the movie because I don't think you would want this Robert Neville in, in a movie. Like, it would be interesting. I'd still want to watch it. Um, but he's not a character that you can really, like, relate with today. Yeah, or, um... I think if it was a movie that was almost carbon copied of the book, it would be much slower and not as exciting. Um... Yeah, that's it. That and you just... Um, I don't know. It's kind of like the the whole Hollywood thing where you kind of like want to cheer for like the the main good good guy, quote unquote, the main uh, protagonist. But uh, it'd be hard to cheer, at least in my book, to cheer for uh, this Robert Neville. Yeah. So we've got uh, the fear holds up. They even. Oh, you're cutting out again. Uh oh. Okay. Uh I can hear you again, but let me Alright, there we go. Starting the call again. Alright, we're back. There we go. Man, I guess it's just my internet that's being crappy tonight. Sorry y'all. <laughs> Hopefully you guys get in gotta hear. Um, I don't even know what the last thing I was talking about, whatever. <laughs> um But I think we're gonna jump to characters. <laughs> Uh, that was the last thing that I was saying. Um, even though there's not a whole lot of characters in this book, like we've mentioned. Um, JD, who is your favorite character? Um, probably his neighbor. Uh, ben? Yeah, considering there's only three technical main characters of this book. Uh, I could say the yeah. dog. Oh, you stole mine! <laughs> because like, that, yes. that dog is a goddamn fighter. Okay, yeah, we should talk about the dog here, <laughs> uh, since you brought him up for a second. Like, we can both agree, oh, is that your favorite man. character? I think, I think the dog is my favorite character. Like, obviously Robert is, like, the most developed character, You're but, right. man, this dog, <laughs> I felt so bad for it, and it was out there scrapping, like, day in, day out. I love that. That actually might be my favorite part of this whole book, is the whole chapter like it's a lot it's a pretty like lengthy part of this book yeah um, say, like almost a quarter of the book is the dog yeah his relationship with this dog which you you see the good in like neville for this whole part of it like he's just he's out there every day like trying to give um trying he gives water and food for this dog um the first time he sees it he's like ecstatic he's like oh it's another like living thing and it kind of gives him hope there for a while um but yeah, this this dog. Uh, so, do you remember what happens the first time he sees it, JD? Um, yeah, he so like, he saw it and yeah. he chases after it, 
That's right. He, okay. He lost track of it, and um, the dog was just uh, freaked out. Very freaked out. <laughs> I mean, he, I would be too if I was a dog that was in a vampire apocalypse that, like, screaming yeah. lunatic vampires. Once. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think that that's you the don't... proper response. That you don't expect to see during the day because yeah. they're vampires, and you see this one like creature that looks a lot like these other vampires like chasing after you yep and screaming at you and stuff yeah um and yeah it definitely shows robert's humanity um yeah and hope and i think uh the movie in the movie he had the dog from the get-go right yes i believe so yeah um so we can compare the movie and the book later but uh yeah in the book i will say i will say right now that the the movie did do a good job of like doing this relationship justice i felt like but yeah go ahead so in the book um when he he spends that entire like month almost trying to get the dog to come up to him and he's doing it through hamburgers which that's a good way to get (laughs) get anything to be your friend yeah Yeah, just feeding it (laughs) Especially when you're a dog out there, like, scrapping for every bite, um, everything he can get. So, it, yeah, it comes to his door for, like, a month straight. And he's kind of just slowly, like, building this relationship with the dog um, every day. Like, at first he doesn't go out there. He kind of just, like, waits for it and, um, like, will study it, like, through the window and stuff. Um, after a while, he goes out there and just sits on the porch and waits for it to, like, come up. Uh, he does that for a while and then eventually he uh like moves a little bit closer to the dog um waits like a couple days then he kind of like reaches out to like pet the dog and the dog would like run off like all scared and stuff um but there comes a point where the dog doesn't show up for a day and robert is just like freaking out he's like because he's built this whole Lost them again. Maybe it's my internet. Um. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> you still there, JD? Did, did I cut out? <laughs> yeah. It's just like a Forrest Gump, and that's all I have to say about that <laughs> subject. <laughs> Damn it! What was the last thing you heard? <laughs> oh god. <laughs> This is gonna be a fun one to listen to, y'all. <laughs> Basically, it was the the dog uh, finally gets up to him. <laughs> the last bit we had yet. Okay. Uh, damn it. Um, gotta make more pauses, I think. Um, okay. So yeah, I mean, he's spending this entire time trying to get closer to the dog. It takes like a month, uh, but he eventually like reaches out to the dog. Dog runs away, and there comes like a day um, after this entire time where the dog just doesn't show up and after like building his whole routine like around this dog like he just he doesn't know what to do with his life basically <laughs> for this day um am i still there yeah. you still hear me yeah, yeah okay um yeah so i i really like that part of the book where he's kind of just like freaking out like running like all over the place trying to find he's like goes out looking for the dog isn't that right jd yeah he uh I think it was the first day he 
the dog didn't come back, and he went out looking for him. Uh, couldn't find him on anything. And then the, I, I want to say the next day he didn't come back in the morning, and he was just like, give it time, hopefully he comes. And then he, I think the dog comes back that night, and uh, and he, he, he can tell that the dog is uh, infected. Yeah, it's like limping or something like that, and like well, I was limping the entire time before oh, okay. he got it in the house, um, because he saw that his like his back leg was uh, injured, but uh, yeah, the entire right. time, or when he came back after being gone, uh, he was even more like downtrodden, and uh, you, you could tell that, or he could tell that it was infected because of the eyes and the mouth and stuff i think the tongue was black yeah i think he yeah he described something about the eyes being like um looking dead or something like that yeah more distant or something yeah um and that was yeah that was a pretty heartbreaking part of the uh of the book um i know when i read it i was like you can't you can't take this dog away from like me and him it's horrible. It's the, it's the only thing that he has, like, holding on to his humanity, basically. Um, but doesn't he... He tries to, like, capture the dog, right? And, like, cure it? Bring it back in? Yeah, him. so he uh, was finally able to get the dog um, after... After that day that he disappeared, he got the dog and was able to grab him, bring him inside, and the dog was... Uh, rightfully very scared and yeah uh once it got nightfall when he grabbed the dog the dog was freaking out and trying to dig uh, like dig through his house yeah yeah and i really like that part too because i mean that's all the dog knows like at night it needs to uh yeah it needs to hide and get get away needs to hide. yeah um, because it kind of gives you a little insight into what it was doing like it's nights away from the house yeah. and <clears throat> so then he spends that i think it was like a week in the book, just in a matter of like a page, a week went by of him trying to find a cure for the for some more because the dog was the dog was sick, the dog was infected, and then all of a sudden it was just like the dog died. Like, yeah, it was. Yeah, that was pretty like uneventful. It was weird. Like I didn't, I don't think I realized the dog was dead until after I was like, oh okay, so the dog died. Like he's burying it now. Yeah, it was like instantaneous. It was just like cut, dog. Yeah, dog. yeah. So, and then Robert has this whole inter monologue about how like there's like he shouldn't hope. Like he knew that like there was no hope. Like hope is just like pointless at this point. Like yeah, he shouldn't there's... ever get his hopes up again. Yeah, which leads into yeah. the uh, final arc of the book where. Uh, he finds Ruth and thinks that she's alive, but is very, very, uh, yeah, very wary about of... it. Yeah, suspicious that she's everything. <laughs> she's what she says she is, and we find out that she is not. So, yeah, um, which is justified or like justified, um, in a sense. But um, this he's it's she's the first person that or first person yeah that he's seen like in the daylight so um 
because these monsters don't come out in the daylight or anything like that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and I think, I mean, he's he's definitely cautious or at first and all that stuff. Doesn't he like lock her away in the room for a couple days or something like that? No, I think it all happened in one day. Um. He. Oh, that's right. You're right. Xavier yeah. Brought her into his room and uh, he shoved the garlic in her face. She got. She went to the bathroom and. Uh, I think it was that whole segment was one day, and then she was there for a couple of days. Um, yeah, I think you're right for the whole duration of that bit, and then uh, he he drew the blood, and she beat beat the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's like kind of like I don't know. Robert Robert is a thirsty boy. I'm just gonna say that yeah, right what, off. What is up with that? Yeah. <laughs> That entire first it, well, year of the book yeah. is nothing um, but description. I think, I mean, I think that has a whole lot to do with the author, too, because some of his other works have, like, some of these um, inserts into them. But, yeah, he just, he talks a whole lot about these crude vampires that are, like, posing for him to, like, come out and, I don't know, so, like, to, um, they're, like, flashing him or whatever to, like, come outside so he can like get murdered by all of these other vampires yeah um but yeah he i mean he spends a whole lot of time like thinking about it and like and then he's seen then he like tries to justify like to himself i guess he's like oh like sex doesn't matter to me anymore like none of this like matters at the end of the world but then he keeps talking about it. it's like okay robert obviously it matters to you so yeah and uh, like so he's thirsty in that sense and he's also thirsty in uh He's an alcoholic. He's a raging alcoholic. Oh, that's who, yeah. Like, Sorry, he, he is. He, I don't know where he gets all his liquor from. It doesn't say that he goes to the liquor <laughs> the down the liquor store down the road at all. It just oh, yeah. there's the gas station that he goes to get gas and water, but he doesn't go out and pick up whiskey that he's literally drinking an entire bottle in one gulp. It's like I mean, I guess he just like hoarded whiskey like before the apocalypse. Apparently. Like that's kind of what he did decided to board yeah so it, i don't know it, <laughs> he's a thirsty boy in a lot of senses oh did i lose rob again <laughs> but yeah he's <laughs> Yeah, there's like and he's drunk eight, so are you there? <laughs> <laughs> Do you hear me now? Yep. <laughs> Alright. Some more forest comp for you, you guys. <laughs> yeah, I said it during that part. I was hoping it was gonna come in. But it didn't. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, we're gonna have to listen to this one. Maybe edit it a little. Maybe whatever. Fuck it. We'll just put it up as it is. Uh, what, what's up with my internet tonight? I don't know. Gonna have to reset before tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah. So our favorite character is the dog. Robert is a, <laughs> is a very thirsty boy. Uh, yep. Yeah, that's basically covers it. Robert's a thirsty boy. Our favorite character is the dog. <laughs> Boom shot clock. I actually really liked uh, Ruth too. That was her name, right? Yeah, yeah. The 
Um, like senator of the new nation. Yeah, I felt like she had a pretty good head on her shoulders. Um, especially after like all the stuff that kind of Robert like put her through, but she was still like compassionate towards him and stuff. So that kind of shows that there's hope like for this society after all. Gives him the death that he's been waiting for. Yeah, which let's talk about the very ending of this book um, really quick Um, because I thought it had like some of the best like like the last sentence of this book. Like I love it just ends with like I am legend. Um, It basically talks about how he is like humanity's done done with him so you can still hear me right jd yeah. <laughs> okay um so you're like yeah he's the last beacon of like this myth i guess that is that was humanity and people will remember like him as like the last like legend i guess basically yeah. of what humanity was um i'm not giving it it just it's, it's justice because it's like builds builds up throughout the entire story and kind of like ends really well with this uh, kind of romantic notion about like being remembered even if it is for like genocide of these like vampire creatures or whatever um but yeah okay so we will talk about so let's jump to uh the impact that this book has had like on um society like films tv comic books and all kinds of stuff like that um so what's your first what what's your first uh draw from this uh what can you see impacted uh, that has been impacted like by this like the direct kind of definitely uh movies uh horror movies of uh zombies and vampires and whatnot especially like world war z um yeah where they kind of take this same idea of i am legend and transport it where uh they're infected or the the truly infected and downtrodden people that have like cancer and all that are i'm talking about the movie version obviously i haven't gotten to the book but uh where they have to you won't be noticed by this new bacteria or new virus because you're already basically consigned to death so it's not searching you out um and i definitely feel like they took that idea from i am legend so yeah and um i don't I wouldn't even say that I Am Legend is probably like the first of those to maybe even like think of that idea. I don't know. I re- I haven't done the research. <laughs> I'm sure there's books um, like that have maybe touched on this subject before I Am Legend, but I feel like I Am Legend did a really good job of kind of like condensing um, it. Yeah, condensing it and like weirdly um, like putting a voice to like a man like stuck at the end of the world um being the last person like to represent it um but uh what i was going to draw from actually is um like that whole i I keep going back to the uh just let me know if you can't hear me judy actually i don't know how you would because i probably couldn't hear you but um the whole when he was trying to find the cure and all that kind of stuff um i felt like parts of that were very very technical which i loved and reminded me a whole lot of like the book the martian if that makes any sense yeah, i can see or that. like the the book of the movie the martian because he's like technically like trying to like <laughs> right when you get in the monologue <laughs> i 
Every single, yep, okay. every single time you start. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, somebody, somebody's censoring me out there, JD. <laughs> they don't want to know. Um, okay, but yeah, I was talking about how it reminded me a lot of The Martian in, in yeah. a lot of ways uh, because like of how technical it gets in like some of those some of those aspects where it's trying to find like a cure and all kinds of stuff like that. Obviously, The Martian does that on crack, but I feel like... Um, yeah, I definitely they felt that too. Um, run an inspiration from this or something like that. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh. So apparently, there's a comic book series about this too, which I kind of want to check out. I want to see how that. I like seeing different adapt. Uh, adaptations of. Sorry. Yeah, adaptations of the same story. Which can bring us into the movie. Um. So, what do you remember <laughs> about the movie, JD? How? Uh, obviously, it's very different. <laughs> yeah, so the movie is definitely Hollywood. Uh, change for Hollywood, obviously. It's very action-packed. They took the interaction where um, Robert Neville is getting attacked, basically, when he stays out too late. Yeah. That happens in both the book and the movie, but in the movie they turn it into this huge like whole thing and him like this is the end for him because of what he just did um where in the book it was very important or like it was unfortunate that it happened to him but it was just like a side note that happened yeah and it wasn't a big focus whereas in the he uh, recovered from it but i feel like yeah in the movie that was like that that was the movie that That was was the culmination yeah so i think they took the they took the middle of the book and the little bit of the end and like mash it all together to make the the movie. Um, yeah, but the things that I thought made this book very interesting weren't in the movie. Which did I lose you, JD? No, no, you're here. Okay. Um, which I thought was was weird um, because obviously in the movie there's no other like vampire race basically um no other uh intelligent vampire race i guess you should say um so like there's not that thing to kind of like make you think (laughs) about and all kinds of stuff like that um yeah i would say the movie was very very hollywood like what you would kind of expect just like blockbuster type stuff like they wanted a bunch of action throw some horror in um get a correct uh charismatic like very good uh, lead actor, which Will Smith did a really good job in the movie. Um, I enjoyed the movie for what it was, but it did not feel like this book at all. <laughs> yeah, it definitely was quite a bit different. Um, and the movie itself is... Um, I'd say it had some very good strong points, and then obviously some weak points, like any other media. But... Uh, yeah. The... I think... I enjoyed how they handled the dog. Yeah, I think that was the best, like, most impactful part of the movie, for sure. And definitely in the sense of, like, long-lasting, because uh, people compare that whenever a dog dies in any sort of media facet, like a book or another movie, uh, video games, they compare it to Robert losing his dog in I Am Legend. Yeah, and oh my god, it's giving me like chills just thinking about it. But 
like what happens in the movie is the dog like gets bit or like is beginning to transform kind of like it kind of like in the book as well well they made it even more so because the dog was protecting robert in the movie Like notice it when you get something like that. You back? Hey, hey, hey there. Peanut. Peanut. Just take a minute. Just to sit right back. Did you say peanut? No, I did not say peanut. I think you said peanut. <laughs> okay, I knew you couldn't hear me, so I was just saying random shit. <laughs> um, okay, I gotta get my sentences in quick, apparently. <laughs> um, this is good practice. Yes. Uh, so, fuck, what was I saying? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, okay. In the movie, um, the dog gets bit... Uh, and he like realizes it when he gets back to the house. Isn't that right, JD? No, so dog the dog infected. was uh, protecting him. Oh shit, that's right. Okay, it's been a while since I've seen the movie. Yeah, so he was like they're having one of the big fight scenes of the I Am Legend movie, and uh, the the zombie or the vampires in the movie had their dog counterparts. And sent the dogs mm, after. That's Robert. right. Yeah, because there were vampire dogs in the movie too. Of course, there were. There was. They were in the book too, but they. He didn't really. Oh, okay. Yeah. Happen like it didn't. That wasn't a big focus at all. They're just like they do have vampire dogs, but I've never yeah. seen them. <laughs> um. Okay, but yeah, he. So he gets it back. He kind of is trying to cure it, like he did in the book as well. Yeah. Um. But, but like that isn't lot, happening. Well, it was a lot faster in the movie. Um. The, yeah. The change it was like he rushed the dog back down to his laboratory where he's been working, and like trying yeah. everything that he's got. And and the dog is like transforming. Like you can see the dog yeah. turning into a vampire there, like while it's sitting. So he basically like he has to get the dog, and he has to like he like freaking chokes it out as it's transforming, like in his in his arms. It's a very like impactful part of the movie, yeah, and it like. It makes the movie what it is. I think that's like the best scene of the movie. Definitely. Like, I mean, it's horrible and like sad, but it's and you can see like Will Smith like tearing up and stuff too. It's just it's a good performance all around. Yeah, I feel like um, it definitely sold the part of Robert Neville's book counterpart of losing his humanity as this is happening, like losing all hope. Yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to watch that movie now. <laughs> Uh, but uh yeah um that's basically the biggest like tie i think to the movie is like that scene um what i really hate about the movie is it didn't have ben cortman in it yeah i think it could have been i think they tried to have that with the main yeah there's one like main vampire screams at him but and there's nothing like in the movie there's they're not they're vampires i guess but it's not like mentioned at all it's just that they don't come out during the day. Yeah, there's very few things that are lined up. Like, they have a strong sense of smell, and 
Uh, yeah. They're afraid of the sun. They can't go out in the sun. I think that's as far as it goes, though, because like he, he has his house. He's got his house barricaded and whatnot, but not like it is in the book where they're literally right outside his doorstep every single se- every single night. Yeah. He, he no. makes sure that they can't find him in the movie because if they did, they'd be able to get in. Uh, <laughs> There's the whole part in the movie, too, where he's like yelling at the mannequin that's in the middle of the room. God, I really like that part. <laughs> that, yeah, that sells, that sells the whole uh, last man on earth type of thing. Uh, yeah. That part, yeah. Just, that that part uh, was probably one of the scariest parts, just because he's been saying hi to Bob. I'm pretty sure his name is Bob. The entire like movie at the convenience store as he's picking up supplies, and then all of a sudden it's in the middle of the road. You know. Yeah, because he like sets these mannequins around so he has people to kind of like interact with as he's doing his like daily rounds, basically. Yeah. And yeah, it's in the middle of the road. So that's in the movie when he. You kind of figure out that. <laughs> these. <laughs> vampires. Like someone. In... Intelligent. <laughs> oh, shit. You back yet? there you are there i am it's every time every single time there's gonna be a monologue i don't think i started a monologue i think you're because i heard you say yeah did you hear me like cut in every now and then yeah okay well that was just Well, shit. <laughs> Intelligent, I think, was one of the words. And yeah, everyone from us just cuts. This is going to be a fun one to listen to, guys. Um, maybe next time we'll. Uh, I don't know. This is the first time we've really had this bad of an internet issue. So yeah. um, maybe it's just because we're doing it this late at night. I don't know. I don't know what's up. I'm trying to justify it, but I have no answers. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's basically all I have to say about that. <laughs> Uh, I don't know where I ended, but um, <laughs> I feel like, yeah. <laughs> so, do you have anything in closing of this uh, this book, JD? Uh, yeah. So, I'd say definitely worth a read. That it will take you a couple days, a few days, depending on how fast you read, to finish the entire thing. I think it's it captures your interest the entire way, almost too, because after the yeah. first quote-unquote chapter or i think there's like breaks it up into acts and after the first act you're just like just seeing robert degrading and then um, Mm -hmm. the start of the second one is when it starts getting into the uh him digging into the cure um and then after that it's just like non-stop action in in a in a science fashion not, uh, yeah not hollywood movie it definitely actually. it definitely keeps you on your toes keeps you wanting wanting to read it um uh when i was a kid first time i read it it was like one of my favorite books of all time <laughs> i can't say that anymore but i still i still do think it is a very good read yeah definitely on um, a must read list i'd say yeah i i agree with that um and i think like even if you don't like 
the main character, Robert Noble, because he definitely has his issues and everything. Um, I think that it's a good study into like a character. It's a good character study. Yeah. Um, End of the world. So. Last man on earth. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I I still really enjoy it. Um, it's still a book that I, uh, if someone's looking for a like horror type sci-fi book to read, that I suggest. So. Uh, hopefully you guys liked it. Um, and what are we doing uh, next month, JD? Let's jump to that. So next month for uh, recording in December, we are doing All Are Wrong Todays by Elon Mastai. Mastai? Mastai. Um, Mastai. Let me pull up the... I had the tab open of what it's about. Um, yeah, it's like a sci-fi time travel-y type, um, type story. Um Yes, yeah, it's, it, it's actually a, a love story, too. Like, uh, oh, yeah. it's got some love story subplot to it. Um, where did that go? Here's the Goodreads. That, that'll give me the, what I need. Yeah. I would start talking about what I know of it, but you guys will probably hear two words. So, <laughs> so All Are Wrong Todays is what we'll be reading next month, or for this month, for next month. Uh, it's going to be... You know the future that people in the 1950s imagined we'd have? Well, it happened in Tom Barron's 2016 Humanity. Hum, 2016 Humanity thrives in a techno-utopian paradise of flying cars, moving sidewalks, and moon bases. Uh, and then Tom, uh, he Tom's the main character. He uh, falls in love, or can't can't seem to fall in love in this ideal world, but he has this time machine so he uses the time machine and ends up in our reality so what we're doing right now in our 2016 and he falls in love and so i've the entire books about his love and uh the sci-fi of should he go back and if he goes back um he's gonna lose lose his love life um his soulmate can't lose that love life just can't can't lose that love life <laughs> So Tom um, is probably going to be a little thirsty as well, but not as much as Robert. <laughs> he goes back in time, or like, to a different dimension. He's so thirsty. So <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll uh, see how thirsty he is. <laughs> I'm excited to read this one. Uh, it reminds me a whole lot of that uh, that movie with um, Nicolas Cage, the uh, weatherman. Yeah. <laughs> where kind of like reality or... And we lost Rob again. Oh. <laughs> yep, he's typing. I can hear him typing. There you are. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm done. Let's <laughs> talk to y'all next time. We'll, we'll catch you guys uh, next time. Later, guys.